Hey friend, I am super excited to bring you today's episode with the lovely Amy from WorkChum. We are talking all things outsourcing, the how-to, the how-to-nots, because outsourcing really can be a great way to take some of those tasks that you don't like to do and pass them over to somebody else to free up some space in your head, in your life, for the things that you really, really love to do. Now, Amy is awesome. She is a lawyer, a coach, and and an organizational and people management expert. And she's the founder of this incredible company called WorkChum. She's got over 15 years experience in the US, the UK, and she is great at working with employers, employees, trade unions, and organizations on human resources, industrial relations, and employment law matters. Amy has spent her career advocating and supporting better workplaces that are fair and balanced for all stakeholders in an organisation. And Amy's going to be talking all about outsourcing, how you can go about doing it, the things we should be doing, the things we shouldn't be doing. All of her links are also in the show notes. Go and connect with her over on Instagram. Her Insta stories are really good fun. She's incredibly honest. She's really, really down to earth. And I know that you will love her. Now, there are some absolute gems in this episode. And if you don't have time to take notes because you're driving your kids to school or you're folding laundry, Amy, the wonderful human being that she is, has created a great downloadable resource for you that sort of summarizes everything that she goes through in today's episode. And you can grab that by going to the link in the show notes. I really enjoyed my chat with Amy and I know that you are going to get so much from this episode. So let's dig in. Welcome to the Fit Productive Mum podcast. Are you fed up with having no time to work out and get healthy? Are you frustrated with what to eat and how to find a plan that you can stick with forever? Do you wish there was an easy way to work with your body to really transform your health from the inside out? Hey, I'm SJ and after 14 years of teaching, I took the leap into the entrepreneur space so I know how hard it can be to grow a business while still being a present mummy and that your needs come and last, leaving you feeling overwhelmed and exhausted. In this podcast, I will give you the tools you need to reclaim your energy and time so you can finally love the life you're in. If you're ready to commit to making yourself a priority, then this is the podcast for you. I'm so excited to keep you accountable, be your coach, give you some tough love and laugh with you. Let's come together and make things happen. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm very, very excited to have you here on the podcast. And we're just going to dive straight in. I'm going to get you to share a little bit about you, where you are in the world, your family, perhaps. And also one of the questions I love to ask my guests is, what do you love to do that isn't related to your business? Because we as business owners can get so focused on our business, it can take over our lives. So tell us what you love to do that isn't to do with your work. Oh, my. Well, hello, SJ, and hello, uh, podcast family uh, out there in the universe. Uh, lovely to meet you and everyone. Well, let's start with what do I like to do? 
I'm, I love to eat and I love to cook and I, I, I do things like collect cookbooks. I love to experiment with, with new different types of cuisine. There's something really de-stressing about getting in the kitchen and just kind of moving your hands and, and getting into the flow, uh, and which is what I, I really enjoy about cooking. And, and, and other than that, I mean, I love to read. I collect books. I love to bookshop. Oh, I, love that. I mean, basically, I'm the most boring person on the planet. But <laughs> that doesn't sound boring to me. You like to cook. You like to read books. I think that, that sounds pretty cool. And what about you as well? Where are you in the world? Because I can hear an American accent. Oh, I know this is always confusing all of everyone, right? So yes, I am American, um, but I actually live in Northampton in the UK. And so, and I've been in the UK now since 2015. Um, and I'm actually used to live in the Netherlands before here. So this is country number three, actually, for me. <laughs> wow. And I do actually think we have some listeners in the Netherlands as well. So <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, um, I guess. So. Yeah. Hello, my hello, my Dutch friends. Yeah. <laughs> So your was that sort of a plan for you? Was it your work that brought you over to the UK? Oh, no, love brought me to the UK. Oh, oh how about that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I met my husband, um, who is actually English, by the way. So he's not Dutch, but he he was living in the Netherlands at the time we met. And speaking of food, we had met at a mutual friends party uh, back in the United States who I, we didn't know that like we both knew each, you know, that we both knew her basically. Yeah. And, um, and she, she was having her 40th birthday party and was married to a vegetarian, but she was a massive carnivore. And so she had a meat themed <laughs> birthday party. <laughs> Even her birthday cake was shaped like a T-bone steak. Oh, I love that. So, so yeah. And so I met Dan, my amazing husband, um, because he showed up uh, at the door with a tray of meatballs and he was British and I, and my friend was British. And I was like, well, you must be here. You must be at the right party because you have a tray of meat and you're British. <laughs> and that's where it started, believe uh, it or not. So, yeah. So, I, love, I love that story of the party with the tea I know, steak I know the meat themed really... party. I have people who are like, huh? And I'm like, let me explain. <laughs> So, so tell us about WorkChum then, and you know your WorkChum's your your company. Tell us a bit about that and how you got to how it came all about. Well, my background: um, I spent ten years as um, an attorney in the United States, representing employees. Um, I represented trade unions. Um, I worked in a, a lot of different aspects of employment and helping people solve problems in the workplace. And when I came to Europe, um, so I was obviously in the Netherlands first, and then obviously secondly in the UK, um, I didn't want to stay a lawyer, um, and that's a whole other complicated story, but I wanted to to retrain into human resources and into operations, and so I went and did that. And what ultimately happened, SJ, was, you know, I realized that, you know, my entire career has been spent trying to kind of fix what's broken mm. in workplaces and what helped people unpack what wasn't working for them in their jobs that was keeping them stuck in things that weren't working out, maybe figuring out what change they needed to go through because they weren't happy or they didn't feel like they were in the right space. And I lived that experience myself too. And what ultimately became the basis of WorkChum was that experience because I, I found myself being 
you know, kind of forever frustrated in every role I took and every job I took that, you know, I still wasn't really contributing in the way I wanted to and, and helping people kind of take some choice and control back in their work. Um, you know, having spent, you know, almost 20 years in this environment, you know, I've seen, you know, some really good people get lost and not feel like they had the support they needed. And that was everybody from, you know, the janitor to the CEO. Yeah. And I wanted us to do it differently. I wanted to find a different way. And that's what WorkChum's about is finding that different way. It's about bridging that gap um, between you as an employee or you as, a, as an individual in your career with your workplace and helping you get the access and the support you need to fix, you know, what's keeping you stuck, keeping you from being successful. Mm. And that's what WorkChum does. It's it's and we actually work with both employees and with employers because we believe like any good uh you know marital counseling you have to work on both sides yeah. and for us to fix what's broken we have to give everybody access not just the company yeah and, th- and that's what workchum believes in well that sounds like a really really in like a really passionate story and I love how so many businesses come about from the fact that people want to create a change from something that they've experienced um, in their own life so it sounds like you're quite a busy lady and you're obviously running your own business talk us through what a typical day looks like for you Yes. Um, I mean, I think especially as a, as a founder and a small business owner, you know, the typical day is the untypical day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think a lot of your viewers, I'm sure are going to go like, oh God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the things that like what I try to do with myself is I try to, I try to, I try to introduce some consistency in that because I think it's almost a bit of a sandwich, you know, that front mm. end and the back end of the day specifically, if I can have some consistency there. And what I mean about that is, and this sounds really funny, but my ritual every morning is to sit down first thing and have a cup of coffee with with Dan. And we sit and we have a chat and we just catch up. Just even taking that 15 minutes. Yeah. It's like I need that, like, okay, the 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 party has begun now, <laughs> but it's like prioritizing you know, his, his and I's interaction over anything else. And then, and then I kind of sit down, I'm a big fan of, I'm sure you've been through this SJ a million times, like figuring out what kind of organizing um, you need to do. Like some people like electronic organizing, some people like books, some people like to write things down. And I am one of these weirdos that have to keep half my stuff electronically and half my stuff analog. (laughs) And I use a bullet journal and that's the next thing I usually do is I will sit down and kind of scope out, almost, almost draw out my day. Mm. So I have, like, I understand like kind of the flow of my day uh, because I do best when I kind of have a roadmap. I'm a big fan of the roadmap. I like to kind of know where I need to be, you know, and then I kind of proceed from there. Um, Do I succeed every day? No, probably not. Probably about 40% of the time I succeed. Um, you know, because this is the fallacy of time management. I think there's only so much time management you do. You have to ask yourself, are you doing too much in that time? Yeah. But I try to do my best to to get realistic about what I'm going to try to get accomplished. And and I think that's always the biggest challenge because, um, you know, I'm somebody that thinks I, I, I stupidly think, oh, I'm going to get 35 things done today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when I'm yeah. really going to. 
maybe two things done today. Um, but that's what I try to do. And I try at the end of the day to give myself at least a half hour or something to kind of like do administrative cleanup. I try to, like I said, it's almost like bookending my mm-hmm. day because mm-hmm. you think like, okay, things are, things are going great, but then things sometimes will go off the rails. It's almost like, how do I pull this back in to kind of, like, kind of bring myself back to where I should be? Yeah. 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 And I really love the fact that you um, talk about your priorities and spending that time with your husband as well, because that's something that I talk about a lot on the podcast is, you know, understanding the fact that we're not superwoman. We can't do all of the things all of the time and we have to give ourselves permission not to do all of the things. And this episode is part of the, the series that I've been doing all about burnout. We'll we'll sort of talk about that in relation to the conversation we're having today in a second. But just understanding what your priorities are, and yes, your business is important, but your your relationships are just as important. So it was lovely to hear that you you purposefully do that with your husband. That's awesome. And is there we you mentioned earlier that you like to do a bit of cooking um, and you like to read? We throw this term self care around quite a lot don't we but is there anything that you do specifically like to look after perhaps your own sort of mental well-being physical well-being for example I do a lot of walking and Mm. hiking and when I get my act together again which is about 40 percent of the time (laughs) I try to make sure I give myself a little bit of time each week to not to to get out for a long walk and if and even better if I can get out into the woods and I can get out into the forest um, I mean, I, I love to, I love to explore. I'm a bit of a flaneur, if you know what that term means. I love that want that aimless wonder. Mm. And I try to get myself into that space. And there's just something about, especially being out on a good hike that just, you know, put that phone down, just get up, be, be in the space, just yeah. be in that space. I, another thing I actually love to do is I because I love art and I love culture. I love museums. I love history. And I sometimes will, you know, especially if I'm just and and, and I, I know the I know so much about the, the issue of burnout. I've I've struggled with burnout myself in my career, and that was a big help to me. Is just mm. you know that minute that I'm on that precipice of like ah doing too much, I check myself out. I just send myself off to go stare at something nice (laughs) get out of here (laughs) yeah yeah and you know nature is so great for that isn't it for really grounding us so that we don't get caught up and we were talking about the hectic and hustle that we can experience on social media and it kind of sort of pulls us in quite nicely to really dig into what our conversation today is all about because I know that there are many women that listen to my podcast and and they're here because you know like they're trying to get organized and they're trying to maybe run a business run a side hustle trying to be a present parent trying to also look after their own health and fitness at the same time and I always talk to them and I sort of use this word I'm like you should be outsourcing and I really thought it'd be good to get you on the podcast today to really dig into what outsourcing looks like and then how to know. Um, So let's start, actually, let's talk about actually what is outsourcing and how would you personally describe outsourcing? Yeah, because outsourcing is like a big term Mm. and a lot of people say, oh, I want to outsource. And then and then my next question is, um, what are you what do you mean by outsourcing? Right. Because everyone has a different idea of it. But let's 
Yeah, let's bring some substance back into what we mean actually in the in the world of employment about outsourcing. I'll take this from the the viewpoint of a small business or what we call micro business owner. So somebody who's yeah. like a one lady band like, yeah, like we perfect. are. Um, when we talk about outsourcing, there's kind of three ways you can do that. You can obviously hire an employee, and that's what we mostly understand. But most of the time when you say outsourcing, you're not really talking about hiring an employee. What you're talking about is either hiring somebody to supply you with support, or you're asking somebody to come contract for you. And why does that matter? Well, because they kind of do two different things. Say, for instance, you're trying to do a big project and you need to get a handle on that project and you need somebody or maybe you need some part of that project that has a expertise or a part of that skill that you need somebody who's who's better at it than you. That's when you will generally bring a contractor in. They're going to come in. You're going to hire them. They're going to come help you with that project. And then, you know, and then they'll go away. They'll disengage. Whereas a lot of times when we're talking about outsourcing, like on a regular basis, that's when you're looking for somebody to assist you with something over and over again. And a lot of times that's when we're talking about someone like, for instance, a virtual assistant, where they come and supply you with certain types of support. And that's an ongoing relationship. And that's and 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 that's different. Those things are different. And why they're important is because, you know, it's kind of trying to decide what you actually need to do. Um, and what you're trying to get a handle on. Uh, because I think when we say to somebody, they're like, oh, I got to outsource. Like they, they immediately kind of jump over the analysis of, well, what does that actually mean to me? Like, what am I trying to get under control? Mm. Do I want control of it? Or do am I flexible? Do I want someone to come take a thing away from me and handle it for me so I don't have to even apply any expertise to it? Yeah. I really like what you said there, actually, about the difference between having somebody do something specific for you for a set amount of time. So that I guess that could mean like outsourcing to somebody who's going to build your website for you so that you're not spending hours and hours trying to build a website in WordPress or something when you could just spend that time doing something else. That's exactly right. And and sometimes that's a very like specific project and a website's a great example of that SJ. And then sometimes it may be, and I've, I have clients that, for instance, they're working with various clients and maybe there's a part of what they do for their client that they want someone else to pick up. Maybe mm. it's too junior or too basic or, or it's a skill that, yeah, they could learn how to do that better. But but it's easier for them to bring a, a someone else in to just come and do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's all about different ways of, of how we save ourselves time as business owners. Because, again, it's like freeing up that space then gives you that, that space to think, to be creative, to grow your business. Or more importantly, maybe sometimes to go do other stuff yes. that's more important to you. Like we talked about earlier, those personal priorities that especially when you're a new business owner, they almost always seem to get pushed down into the bottom yeah. recesses of what you're trying to do. And, 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 and it really is important not to do that, actually. Yeah. And like you said, talking about priorities and that sort of thing, do you think there's a point where people would know 
when they need to outsource or do you kind of have this thought in your mind of well I probably should have done this about six months ago I'll give you the reality answer (laughs) which is which is step number two as you as you pointed out I think a lot of times when um, a business owner or a founder comes to talk to us SJ that's exactly where they're at they've they they've sat and went oh I, I I can't afford it I could do this I can pick on this other skill I can I can you know I can spin another ten plates and they go on and on and on like this for a couple months and then they're just like I can't do this anymore like I don't have any more capacity and I can see other goals in front of me that I want to get to and and something is keeping me from doing that yeah. And, and that's why I said earlier that there's such a value in assessing what that means, because it's going to be individual to each one of us. What are you needing to free up so you can go do the thing you really want to do? Yeah. And I, I'll tell you how I always know when I need some help with something when it comes to my business is I will find myself hanging on my phone when my daughter's home from school uh, and that's the point where I have to check myself and I'm like okay SJ now is the time for you you know and it for me usually it's because I've got a particular project and I'm trying mm. to do the project myself but actually it would be far better for me to hand that project over to somebody else so in terms of like so we've sort of discussed you know like the idea of knowing when it's the right time to outsource and you've sort of broken down those two different sort of options and trying to understand, you know, like whether what type of outsourcing you need. Is there a really good way about going and doing this, finding that outsourcing? Yeah, typically the steps that we help somebody go through when you do this is it's it's really that step one of, again, first sit down and and map out what are the things that you're doing in your day? What are the things that you're that you don't want to do? What are the things that you're just frankly crap at? <laughs> you know, get those identified. And then the next step is kind of to take a look at that and go, actually, okay, I'm okay with letting this go and this go because I I want to replace that time with other things. And it's about once you kind of have a handle on what is ultimately going to become kind of the job of the person you're bringing in to help you with, that gives you an opportunity to say, well, where's the best place for me to find that support? Yeah. So for instance, maybe this is such a classic thing that happens in in small business. It's like, because, you know, we're the, we're the bookkeeper, we're the social media manager, (laughs) we're the bartender, we're the, yeah, yeah. We're the child support, you know, like we're, we're all the things. And a lot of times, you know, a business owner like you or me will sit down and go, well, I'm terrible at the bookkeeping. So so they'll want to farm the bookkeeping out. And then that gives them a chance to go, okay, well, how do I get rid of bookkeeping? I could have a virtual assistant. I could have a bookkeeper. I can then start to explore those options and explore what they mean financially and how much time commitment and then I can go out there and get that information and then sit down and make an educated decision about how I'm going to pay for that, how I'm going to use that. 
And then I think finally, what we really try to emphasize with people is the is the after decision, because one of the things we also forget when we hire anybody in to help us is that you still have to manage them. Mm. So you've got to make sure you understand, well, if I have this VA come in, say, four days a week, how am I going to make sure he or she is doing what I need them to do? How am I going to organize myself differently to make sure they have things to do? Yeah. and. One of the things you touched on there in terms of like a virtual assistant and the finances and that sort of thing, because a lot of the time I hear women say, oh, I don't want to spend the money. Um, We haven't I don't want to, you know, put that money into my business. I feel that perhaps I'm taking away from my family or something. What would you say to that if someone's thinking about that? Look, you know, there are times when you really don't have the money and and I'm and, and, and that's okay. Okay. I think the, but when we have the money, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about those those decisions. I think, and that, and I tell you, this is this is such a this is such a problem of us ladies. <laughs> yeah. I don't see men struggle with this as much as women. I think it's because we have this idea that we should be able to do fifteen things at once, mm. and we feel guilty about farming off what we think we we should be capable of managing. Yeah. The discussion I've had with uh, individuals that are stuck in this kind of headspace is to say to them, what is your end goal, actually? What do you need to do to get there? You know, if you are saying to me as a micro business, well, I want to make sure I can bring on three more clients. You know, that's my growth goal. But I'm, but you're also saying to me at the same time, I've got 15 hours a day tied up <laughs> and mm-hmm. half of those half of those hours are tied up in things I'm absolutely not interested in doing or maybe I'm not even great at doing them then you have to make a decision and it's okay to make that trade off you know do you want to reach your goal mm-hmm. then you need to free yourself up to be able to go do the things so that you can get those three clients cuz here's the thing you are you, you're the founder of your business and a new client, they want to talk to you. They don't care about your bookkeeping. Yeah. <laughs> let, yeah. that, let that bookkeeper do that bookkeeping. Yeah. You're not sending the bookkeeper out, yeah, you out. And we have to remember that even though you're a business of maybe one or two people, you're still a business. And you want your face, you're the front of the house. You need to be out there showing everybody how amazing you are and why you're the one. And you can't do that behind a desk if you're stuck doing junk you don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so we really there, guilty. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, haven't we? And I'm sat here as you're saying this saying, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, that's been me so many times, so oh, many like, times. Yes, if you notice, I speak from um, a very a detailed experience. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the great thing, isn't it? It's about you know being honest with where we've where we've been, and it for me, it still is something that I'm really, really working on, which is why you know I wanted to have this conversation with with you today. Um, so if someone's thinking, okay, right, I've decided that I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get some outs or someone to help me, I'm gonna have you know, maybe someone work on a project or somebody work with me perhaps on an ongoing basis. Are there some key things that they should look for if they're going to be hiring someone to help them? Yes. I mean, first off is one of the reasons we talked about that earlier exercise of really breaking down what you want is because that gives you the information 
to be able to interview, advertise, and have a conversation about like the substantive things you want to get accomplished. Um, a lot of times people, I'll use virtual assistants because this happens quite a lot. They'll just, be, people will go, oh, I just need an assistant and they'll go barge off. They don't know what that assistant does. They don't know what they want the assistant to do. And virtual assistants are not created equal. Some virtual assistants, they specialize in certain things. So you want to make sure that first off from a, like just from a qualification and and like a practicality standpoint that you're going to hire the right person for the job. I think the second biggest thing is it's all about relationships and personality. Is this someone that gets how you work? Are you going to get along with them? They're going to work very intimately with you, especially as a small company. And also, are they going to do what do you feel from talking to them? Are they going to do what you need them to do? Because the whole point of you giving that work away is so that you don't have to come back and do it behind their back. Mm. You want to have trust so that you know that they're going to do what you've asked them to do. And, you know, preparation is going to help you get some of that done. But then it's also about being a human being. And, you know, we know when we talk to somebody and we're like, yeah, you're you're a good egg. You're going to help me. You know, mm-hmm. I feel good about this relationship. We're going to communicate well together. And that's that's as important as knowing their qualifications and their cost, to be honest with you, because they might be the most efficient person in the world, but they might be someone who's quite unhappy or terrible or somebody you just don't get on with. And you got to get on with them because there's a lot of time wasted on not getting on with somebody and you don't want that. You don't have time. Yeah. And I guess that being said, in terms of getting that feeling, are there any kind of like obvious signs when you're chatting to somebody that they might or might not be the right fit for you? Or do you think it's just kind of like a gut feeling that you have? Well, I think I think it's I I always say it it's always about ninety percent dark arts. I think I think there is <laughs> there is a bit of like you have to trust your instinct a little bit. You know, you when you sit in these conversations with somebody and you're trying to say to them, oh well, you know, SJ, you know, how do you handle this problem? And they're like, oh, oh, oh and you're like, um, okay, you know, and you feel, you know, we you know when things get awkward and you know, listen to yourself. If you come away with like your icky spidey senses going like, I don't know about this, Mm. then that's probably a good thing. You should listen to that. Yeah. Um, And sometimes you get icky spidey sense because you're like, well, I don't know about this, but you think about it and you realize, well, maybe I don't know about this because I didn't ask the right question. Pick the phone up, ask the question, you know, you're paying for this. So make sure you get all your questions answered. But yeah. if you've done that, because you've done your preparation, of course, and you're yeah. still like, eh, got the ickies here. Trust your ickies. Your ickies are telling you something. <laughs> I love that. Trust your ickies, ladies. Trust the ickies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that needs to be like a a, a technical term in the business world, perhaps. Trust, trust your. <laughs> We're gonna make it one today. Today yeah. is the day. <laughs> yeah, we we put that. We'll put that <laughs> absolutely. So I'm gonna um just sort of start to wrap things up, Amy, if that's okay. okay. And I know we could sit here and chat about this conversation all day. Um. First of all, I'm going to finish off with a question that I love to ask my guests that come on the show. 
is there one thing or one piece of advice that you could leave my ladies with in terms of their organization and their productivity like is there something that you do that could be a really really helpful tip that they could use to help get them more organized and help them to feel like they are not like hitting burnout or you know struggling with this huge overwhelm I think I think the thing I would say is you know running a business is is a marathon and not a sprint and you know, if you make a mistake, you'll recover from it. It's okay. I think we, especially when you're doing something that's so close to you, you get very personal about it and you really penalize yourself when something doesn't go right. And, you know, burnout a lot of times can be born out of that failure or feeling that you failed or that you lack confidence. And I think the thing to say is you're not alone. We all mess up and failure really only happens when you don't try again. And so try again. You'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you could apply that in terms of, you know, we were talking about like outsourcing and somebody that is coming in that you might not find that perfect person right away. And it just made me think about one of my friends in the podcast world who she was outsourcing a lot of her, her tasks for her podcast. And she must've gone through about four or five different virtual assistants until she got to the point where she really does now have a really great team around her. Yes. And that happens in every business and it's not, a personal failure of yours. And every time you have something like that, you'll learn a bit more. And and sometimes you could be the most prepared. You could do the greatest interview and that person like goes through this complete Jekyll and Hyde transformation. And then by the time they show up, you're like, who is this person? (laughs) It's happened to all of us. And the thing to remember is pick up and try again. It's okay. Um, if these things go wrong, you know, take the time to figure out why, because sometimes maybe we're not managing the situation, right? We may be contributing to it and we want to make sure we don't repeat those mistakes again, but also again, trust the ickies because if it's just not working, there's a reason it's not working and it's nothing personal. You've got to make the right decision because otherwise, you know, you and the and this passion and this project you've got going on is not gonna is not gonna get to the next phase. And it's important to manage those things quickly. Yeah. So I'm guessing that this is something that you can help our ladies with. So if they want to find out more about you um, and what you do, where you are, um, I'm definitely going to be telling them to go and check out your Instagram because I love watching Amy's story. She's so down to earth. She's so, um, what's the word? Yeah, down to earth, really honest in your Instagram stories. They're so much fun sometimes. But where else can the ladies find you? Well, they can find us on TikTok and we put some different, we put a lot of, of different reels together that that educates, that has some fun, that gives our thoughts. Um, and so our TikTok handle is also at WorkChum. Um, we also post on LinkedIn and you can find our business page there. And of course, I'm happy to, uh, to uh, follow you uh, and anyone that wants to follow me on LinkedIn, um, they can find me. And of course, if 
you need specific support, you can book a free exploratory call. It's a 30-minute call, and you can do that on our website, uh, which is at workchum.co.uk. And we can sit down and have a conversation with you and help you find the right support if you're struggling with making these kinds of decisions. You don't have to do it alone. That's what we're here to do to help you get through that. Yeah. And speaking of um, extra support, there is something else that you are putting together for us at the moment, isn't there? There is. And so we're putting together what I like to call a uh, upscale or outsource roadmap. And it's going to kind of take a lot of what we've talked about today, but give you some practical kind of milestones to ask yourself when you are sitting here going, oh my gosh, I can't spin another plate. What do I do next? And so we're putting together a bit of a cheat sheet so you can use that as an initial kind of assessment to decide, okay, actually, yes, I I think I do need to talk about outsourcing and I can go ahead and start that process. It gives you a a way to, to kind of ask yourself the right questions to decide if you're at that space. That sounds amazing. And I will put all of the links to that in the show notes and all of your social media handles, all of those things that you just mentioned in the show notes. And all that is left for me to say is a huge thank you so much for your time, for sharing your knowledge with us. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Oh, it's been a pleasure to be here. And I'm so happy we got to have this conversation because it, it's a tough one and I'm glad we had it because uh, we can tell everybody we've been there and you don't, you, you, you can definitely do better too. So. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Hope you like it. Leave my mummy a you.